It is uh, indeed a pleasure to be continuing in this series that we are calling Follow as we're looking at what does it really mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it actually mean to follow him and to be a disciple who makes disciples? And over these past several weeks, we've looked at many different passages in Scripture that give us an idea of what that calling to discipleship is all about. We've talked about things like being invitational and responding to the call, making a commitment and being a part of community. That These are all important things that Jesus calls us to. But this morning, we're going to be talking about a very, very difficult uh, piece of discipleship, and that is the role that, that risk and trust play in our calling. And so I think it's only right that before we dive into God's Word together, that we take a moment to allow Him to prepare our hearts and our minds for the message He has for us. So would you please bow your heads and pray with me? Let's pray together. Lord God, we give you thanks that you have brought us together in this time and in this uh, place in which to meet with us. Your desire is to help us grow, to help us learn to walk with you. And so, Lord, we pray that as we come before your word, you would once more teach us, that you would give us open hearts and minds to receive the message you have for us this morning. And Lord, I pray that the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, O God, who is indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So at the beginning of the service, I asked a question, and the question was, how ready are you to trust Jesus with your life? And I asked you to kind of try to answer that question in light of the story that we just read from Matthew 14, this story in which Peter is walking on the water with Jesus. And there were kind of four answers you could have given. It was either A, I'm staying in the boat, B, I have a toe in the water, C, is I'm walking on waves, or D, is I'm sinking, help. So let's go ahead and hopefully my technology is working and we'll see how this poll turned out. There you go. These are your results uh, that you guys uh, texted in your responses on. So 4% of you said I'm staying in the boat. Thank you for being honest about that and saying I'm, I'm staying in the boat. We want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the reasons why, why we stay in the boat and, and what it takes to take a step out of the boat. A lot more of you, 56% of you said I've got a toe in the water. Okay, so good. You're, you're, you're willing to kind of respond to risk just a little bit, kind of put your toe in. Uh, 20% of you said, I'm walking on the waves. That's, that's really good. Jesus uh, giving you some challenging things to do, and, and you're walking on waves. But another 20% of you said, I'm sinking. Help. And so I want to talk about each of these responses. Talk a little bit about the role that risk and trust play, because the reality is, is that regardless of where you fall, in your answers, there's really only one thing that you need in order to take another step. There's really only one thing that you need to take another step. And that one thing is what we're really going to be discussing as we take a closer look at this story from Matthew chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and pull them out. We are going to open up to Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. So you can grab a pew Bible in front of you. I gave you permission to use your phones earlier in the service, so you can pull out your phone and queue it up on your phone. Um, but let's go ahead and take a closer look at Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Let me set the context for this a little bit. Right before this story, Jesus and his disciples have just fed 5,000 people. 
See, Jesus has been going around doing his ministry. He's been preaching and teaching and healing, and he's been drawing quite a crowd. In fact, a massive crowd kind of comes out to him while he's in the countryside to listen to him teach and to listen to him preach. But as it starts to get late in the day, his disciples, they're kind of tired, and they're also looking at all these 5,000 people, and they say, you know, Lord, you should really dismiss these crowds so that they can go away and find something to eat. Otherwise, they're going to, like, pass out on the journey back to town. And Jesus kind of issues a little bit of a challenge to his disciples. He says, well, why don't you feed them? And it's like, what? We can't feed them. We don't have enough money to feed them. And he's like, well, what do you have? And they say, well, we've got five loaves uh, of bread and, and, and two fish. And, uh, and, uh, and, and he says, all right, well, bring that to me. And Jesus takes this food, he multiplies it. And actually all 5,000 people are fed. It says that they're fed and they're satisfied. Jesus just invited his disciples to do ministry with him. They got to participate in this incredible uh, miracle in which Jesus provides for the needs of the people who've come to him, both their spiritual needs, but also their physical needs. And it's right after that story that we come to the text that we're going to be talking about this morning. It says that immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So it seems like Jesus just went from a big ask to a pretty safe ask. He basically tells the disciples, okay, now I want you guys just to get in the boat. Go ahead of me. I'll catch up. We'll we'll meet meet later on. And you have to remember, several of these disciples are experienced fishermen. Okay, so asking them to get in the boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, no big deal. These guys have been on these waters before. They kind of know how to handle themselves. It seems like a relatively easy task, at least at first. But then we read what happens next. It says that after Jesus dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Now, later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now, see, what I find interesting about these little details is that it tells us a little something. What started out as a routine journey for the disciples suddenly became a lot less routine. It suddenly became a lot more uncomfortable. Because it says that they were, they were a considerable distance from the land, but they were buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And it says shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to walk Uh, went out toward them walking on the lake, which means he dismissed the disciples at dusk. And these experienced fishermen, these seasoned sailors, haven't been able to get across the lake, and it's now practically dawn. They've been struggling all night. And what I find so fascinating about this is that Jesus put them in that situation. It's Jesus who dismissed them and said, I want you to go on ahead of me. I want you to get in the boat by yourselves. I'll catch up with you later. And I want you to go out on the lake. And he knew that he was sending them in to difficult circumstances that would be beyond their comfort zone. That would be more than they could normally handle. Circumstances that at first they might have said, yeah, we've got this. But then the more and more they got into it, they realized we are not strong enough. We are not skilled enough. We are not equipped enough to actually handle this problem. And and what seemed routine, they're not able to do on their own power and by their own strength. It's now just before dawn and they still haven't made it to the other side. And it's important to pause here because what you find when you look at the life of Jesus is that this is often the way that he operates when it comes time to help his disciples grow. 
that often in order to help his disciples grow, he puts them into circumstances that take them outside their comfort zone. That in fact, discipleship happens one step outside your comfort zone. Which is why I often find it funny when people will say things to me like, uh, you know, Jesus' hands are the safest place that you can be. Because whenever somebody says that to me, it's very clear to me that they have never actually met Jesus. Because oftentimes, Jesus puts his followers and his disciples in circumstances that aren't that safe, that aren't that comfortable, and aren't that easy to handle on your own. And so, yes, being in Jesus' hands means that we have eternal salvation, means that we're forgiven, means that we have a new life and a new relationship with God. These are all good things, which is why being in Jesus' hands is the best place to be, but it's not always the safest place to be. And it's important to make that distinction that sometimes being in Jesus' hands and following the will of God is going to move you into a place of discomfort. It is going to push you beyond what you can handle. Again, another one of those lies we tell ourselves, oh, God will never give you anything more than you can handle. Not true. He does it all the time. This is the way Jesus loves to work with his disciples. He puts them in difficult circumstances that stretch them beyond their comfort zone. And so if you are looking for a religion that will never make any demands on your life, never, call, never ask you to do anything uncomfortable, never ask you to stretch beyond your capacity, never ask you to trust God with everything because that's all you've got, never take you to the end of your rope or onto choppy waters, then don't follow Jesus. Because Christianity is an uncomfortable religion. And anytime somebody says, oh, religion is just a crutch, Jesus said, Christianity is just a crutch that people lean on, it is clear to me that they've never actually looked at what it means to be a follower of Christ. Because there are lots of religions out there that you could pick that are a lot more comfortable and a lot more chill than following Jesus. Okay? In fact, Jesus has this to say about anybody who's interested in following him. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Must deny ourselves, take up our cross. Last I heard, a cross was not a comfortable place to be. And follow me. And stick that on a bumper sticker. How's that for a campaign slogan? Vote for me and I'll make it really, really hard for you. But that's what Jesus says. You see, the place where discipleship happens is always one step outside your comfort zone. The place where discipleship happens is always one step outside your comfort zone because it's only there that you can truly grow. It's only there that you will truly learn to trust God with everything that you've got. And parents, we know this. Actually, anybody who's ridden a bike knows this. Okay, when it comes time to ride the bike and learn how to ride a bike, what has to happen? The training wheels have to come off, right? And then at some point, as you're learning to ride that bike, your parent has to let go of the seat. And there's risk involved. Because guess what? You might fall and scrape your knee. Guess what? You might get going and then realize, I can't stop. Or I can't steer. And those are the moments when you hope that mom and dad can run really fast. Right? They can catch you. But we know that this is true. 
that sometimes in order to grow, we have to get outside our comfort zone. But Jesus does this with his disciples all the time. And the reason why is because he is trying to stretch their comfort zone. He is trying to expand their comfort zone into a place where they are able to respond to his call over and over and over again. And that will involve some discomfort. That will involve some stretching. But one of the things that Jesus tells us and what he promises us is that it's in those places of the uncomfortable that you will truly find me that you will truly learn what it means to follow me, that you will experience the growth that you require in order to be the person of impact that I've called you to be, in order to be the type of person who can enter into the mission that I've called you to and to bring kingdom transformation in the places to where I have sent you. And in fact, it's a principle that we see when we look at the interaction that Jesus has with Peter right here in Matthew 14. Because, it's in, because the question then is, okay, so that what do I do when I'm stretched outside my comfort zone? What's that one thing that's going to help me take that extra step? So let's take a closer look at this story. So it says that shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. See, when the disciples are in over their head and they're getting, you know, they they know that they're not able to get to the other side and they suddenly see something that's totally out of their frame of reference. Something that totally defies all explanation. They are terrified. And what I love is the first thing that Jesus says is he says, hey, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. See, the first thing in taking that step, the first thing we have to understand is that it involves an encounter with Jesus, right? Jesus says, hey, look to me. Take a look at me. It's me. Take courage. I'm right here. And then I love what Peter then does next. Uh, We often get on Peter's case in this story because we're like, oh, he's the one that sank. But here's what I love about Peter. He's the only one that got out of the boat. Of course he sank. But I love what Peter does next. Peter gets up on the edge of the boat and he says, hey, Lord, if it's you, command me. Command me to come to you on the water. Now, what what made Peter say that? Well, a couple things, I think. First and foremost, Peter's already been walking with Jesus. He's already been taking steps outside his comfort zone. From the moment Jesus called him, Peter has seen Jesus do some pretty amazing things and even got to participate in a few of them. He has seen Jesus not only preach and teach, he's seen uh, Jesus heal. He's seen Jesus cast uh, out demons. He's seen Jesus perform miracles like the feeding of the 5,000. And so Peter has kind of already been taking some steps. His comfort zone has been stretched since day one. So this is already an an indication of some of the faith that that, that Peter has started to have because he's basically standing up on the edge of the boat and and based on what he's seen, he's saying, okay, if, if this is really Jesus, I know that he can do this. That if he commands me, I'll be able to walk on water. But the second reason that that Peter does this is because Peter is a disciple in the best sense of the word. I don't know if you guys remember back to the beginning of this series, but we said that a disciple is someone who wants to look and live like their rabbi. 
A disciple is someone who doesn't just want to know what their rabbi knows, but do what their rabbi does. And so when he sees his rabbi walking on water, he says, hey, if that's really my rabbi, I should be able to do that too. And so he basically calls out to his teacher. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me. And I will walk on water to you. Peter is taking an amazing step of faith because that's what disciples do. And what I love is that what Jesus then says, Jesus, one word. He says, come on out here. He says, come. Come on. Let's go for a walk. And Peter gets out of the boat. It says that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Peter starts walking on water at the command of Jesus. He starts walking on water because he has the one thing that helps you take the next step, and that is faith. He actually believes that if his God commands him, he will provide everything that is required for him to follow through. That if God calls you to something, if he commands you to do something, he will also provide everything that is required for you to follow through faithfully. And so Peter walks on water. Now, this is also where we kind of get, you know, on, on Peter's case a little bit because of what happens then next. It says, but when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. One of the things that I find so fascinating is kind of how Peter gets into this situation, right? Because he's doing a great job up to this point, right? He's walking on the waves, but the one thing that's fascinating is how it's the moment that he suddenly becomes afraid of something else that he begins to sink. See, I think oftentimes the reason that we don't follow the commands that God has given us is because we're afraid of something else. This story starts with them being afraid of Jesus. And Jesus says, have courage, it's me, don't be afraid. But then Peter, and because of that, Peter is then able to start walking. But it's when Peter suddenly becomes afraid of something else that he begins to sink. And I think oftentimes in our discipleship, the reason we fall short is because we are terrified of something else. We have allowed something smaller than Jesus to appear bigger than him in our lives. We've allowed something smaller than Jesus to become scarier than the God that we worship. This is part of the reason why the, uh, the beginning of the book of Proverbs says that uh, the beginning of wisdom, uh, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's because when you're afraid of God, the answer that he gives you is take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. But when you're afraid of other stuff, you start to sink. And oftentimes the reason we stay in the boat and we don't get out on the water or we start to sink once we're out there is because suddenly we've become terrified of something else. But here, too, I think when we look at the story of this encounter between Jesus and Peter, we see how faith then matters even in those moments of sinking. Because even in those moments of sinking, there's a prayer that we can pray. And it's the prayer that Peter prays. I love this prayer. It's a simple prayer. Lord, save me. That's it. Lord, save me. And it says that the moment Peter uttered these words, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. And again, the image is that Peter has gotten so far away from the boat and so far out onto the water that when he starts to sink, Jesus literally just has to go like this. He was, he was practically there. 
It's almost like a child stepping away from the couch, right? You know, mom and dad is sitting right there like, come on, come on. And then the moment that kid like kind of looks around and trips, I got you. Which is why what, when, when Jesus says, you have little faith, why do you doubt? I have to imagine that there is like a big smile on his face when he says that. Like, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Look at you. Look how far from the boat you came. You walked out here all by yourself. But what I love is in that moment when he got afraid and he stumbled, Jesus was still right there. Because the one who called him to walk on the waves is the one who's standing there in the middle of the storm with him. That even when he becomes afraid, Jesus is right there ready to hold him up. And he says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? You don't have to be afraid. Take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. See, in those moments in life when we feel stretched by the uncomfortable, when God calls us beyond our limits and calls us to step out onto the waves, the one thing that's most needed is simply faith. That's it. Jesus gives the answer. He says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Faith is one of these words that we kind of throw around in the church a lot, and sometimes we translate it as belief, but that's not really what faith is. When you look at faith in the Bible, whenever faith is brought up, faith is really trust. I love how Martin Luther puts it when he's uh, doing his introduction to the book of Romans. He says, faith is a living, bold trust in God's grace, so certain of God's favor that it would risk death a thousand times trusting in it. Faith is trusting Jesus when we're in over our head. Faith is willing to step out of the both because we know that his grace is sufficient for us, that his power is made perfect in weakness. Faith is nothing more than simply trusting that when Jesus calls, it means that he will provide everything that we require. I said at the beginning of this message, what's the one thing that makes all the difference in the world? It's this. And that even in those moments when we're overwhelmed, we can cling to Jesus because of the promises that he makes to us. People say, well, how can I know that, I, that Jesus is trustworthy? How can I trust him with, with my life when he calls me to those uncomfortable things? Because of what he did with his life. In the Old Testament, this is what the, uh, God says through the prophet Isaiah. He says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And we know that God is good with his word because of the fact that he backs it up with action. You see, Jesus himself was willing to leave his comfort zone in heaven, and enter into our dark world. God himself became one of us so that he might walk with us, so that he might teach us, that he might encourage us, but ultimately so that he might die for us and rise again so that we might be saved. You see, the reason I know that I can trust Jesus is because of what Jesus gave to Peter and what he gives to you and me. In Peter's moment of need, Jesus saved him. And in our moment of need, Jesus says, I have saved you too. 
that regardless of your shortcomings, regardless of your faults, regardless of the ways in which you have fallen short and failed and stayed in the boat, I died for you so that you can know that you are forgiven and that you will never be separated from my love. I rose again from the dead so that you can know that when I say I have conquered sin and death, I mean it. I have overcome the world. You can trust me. Yes, if you would come after me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save their life will lose it. But here's my promise to you. Whoever loses their life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. Jesus says, yes, I will call you into uncomfortable circumstances, but I promise that when I call, I will also go. And that there is nothing in this world, not even death itself, that can separate you from my love and my presence. I will provide all that you require so that you might walk on the waves. So that even in those moments when we feel overwhelmed, we can cry out to Jesus and know that he is already present and that he is sufficient for us. And so the question for us this morning is, if you're a disciple and you desire to grow, what step is Jesus calling you to take? And oftentimes the step that he's calling us to take is the one that's most uncomfortable. A lot of people say, you know, what what am I supposed to do with my life? What, What does God want me to do next? Well, what's the one thing that you've read in the Bible that you've been afraid to do? What's been the one thing that in prayer, as you've studied Scripture and talked with other Christians in your life and tried to discern your next steps, you're holding back on? That may be the very thing that Jesus is saying, I want you to trust me with that. This is part of the reason why our small groups throughout this series, uh, they've been doing something called the spiritual life assessment. Really, this assessment is simply helping you put your finger on those areas where you need to take another step. And often what I've heard from people is they've taken the spiritual life assessment and I've talked to them about kind of that one week area and said, hey, so what would it look like for you to take a step in this area? Like, oh, I don't know, that just seems too big for me. And in those moments I have to wonder, are you really looking at Jesus or are you afraid of the waves? Because Jesus' call is, he says, trust me. If I'm asking you to do that thing, I'm going to provide everything that you require. So we encourage people to look at the values that we hold as a church. Worship and connect and serve. Generosity and leading and sharing your faith and being accountable to another person. We simply say, which of those areas are you sitting there and saying, I would really like to stay in the boat on this one? I think the calling that Jesus has for you is he's saying, I want you to take a step out the boat. Because number one, that's where discipleship happens. And number two, if you do, you'll be walking on the waves with the one who loves you. That's really what it means to follow. It's to recognize, yeah, Jesus is going to call me into some uncomfortable places, but you want to know it? Because it's Jesus, I'm okay with that. Because it's Jesus who calls, I know that it's possible. Because it's Jesus who's there standing on the waves with me, I will go wherever he sends me. That's what it means to truly be a disciple, is to not fear risks, but in moments of risk, to default to trust. To know that if Jesus calls, it means that he's already there waiting for you, that he will hold you up, And that where he calls, 
that's the best place for you to be. Not always safe, but certainly the most rewarding step you could possibly take. That is my prayer for us, that we would be a people who learn to walk on water. But if you're going to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. If you're going to walk on water, you have to listen to the one who calls. If you're going to walk on water, you need to trust that he who has called you is faithful and he will do it. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, that we say, Amen.